Welcome to our podcast for generations in family business, past, present, and future. Our hosts for this podcast are myself, Tim Schuster, and I'm a manager in the Center for Family Business Excellence. And also joining us today, as always... Hey, it's uh, Matt <laughs> Kersner. I'm a senior manager in the uh, Center for Family Business Excellence. Matt, it's a pleasure, as always, my friend. You too, my friend. You too. <laughs> so to continue our conversation of the diagnostic model for human resource management, you know, we discussed in our last podcast an overview of human resource process, specifically development. Um, you know, now we're going to discuss maintaining and protecting human resources. So, Matt, why is maintaining and protecting important to an organization? Great, Tim. Great. So before I actually jump into that, let's just recap for a minute, right? The the HR diagnostic model has four major buckets to it. Mm -hmm. It, uh, One is acquiring human resources, right? Getting talent. We talked about that. And then once you do that, you want to reward and recognize your human resources. And we did a podcast on that. And as you mentioned, we did the developing of human resources. So, you know, we put all this effort in of getting people, you know, rewarding and recognizing them to mm-hmm. make sure that they feel that they're getting what they're worth, right? The yep. value. And we want to reward people for going above and beyond. And obviously, we want to grow and get ready for succession planning and get our bench ready. But, you know, what happens if you don't uh, put policies and procedures together to protect our employees? What happens is, could cause some conflict. People can leave. There's violations of policies because people aren't aware of them. So it's really, really important that once you now start developing your good base of employees, that you have these policies and procedures in place to protect them. We need to protect ourselves and others that are working in the workplace. That makes sense. So it's interesting because, you know, me as a business owner or a business owner listening into this, they're thinking to themselves, geez, I don't have any of this in place. So how does one start to put something in place? Yeah, so really simple. Uh, I think, first of all, you know, I, I always start with the basics, right? Do you have a handbook? Right. Just do you have a handbook? Do you have anything that talks about your organization's culture and ground rules? Right. You need rules like of a, engagement. A credo, essentially. Yeah. You know, looking yeah. for that. Right. What, right. Where, how can we steer the ship in that direction? Or what are we looking for? What's our mission? For yeah, the exactly. Right. And, and we'll talk a little bit about that a uh, little later in, into the podcast. Yeah. But, you know, I always start with the basics. If, if, if you're a new employee and they're looking for information, where do they find it? Mm-hmm. Right. Where is that stuff stated? If you have a time and attendance policy, where is that? If you expect people to be in work at 8 o'clock, where is that documented? If people are doing things that are illegal, immoral, or unethical, how do they know this? So you have to set those ground rules or lay that out for people. So to answer your question, I start with, do you have a basic handbook? Do you have a book of that has a manual? I mean, that has these policies yeah. and procedures. If you don't, and, you know, I always say if you have more than 15 employees, well, you better. It makes right? sense. I almost feel like almost every organization should have something at least written down. So it's interesting. Like, from a timeline perspective, let's say there isn't one developed yet, what time frame should a company have in order to create one? You know? Yeah. I, 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 I don't want to put a timeline on it because you want quality. Yeah. Uh, uh, you baby step it, right? So... I would start with, first of all, uh, A, look at what you have, because I guarantee every company ran into a problem where they had to address an employee for one thing or another. And whenever that happens, you should always document what it was and then decide, do you need to create a policy on that Mm -hmm. or a procedure? 
Um, so usually I say if there's not a human resource department, uh, you know, your, your CFO or your controller, whoever is kind of in, in charge of onboarding people or paying people payroll, mm-hmm. that uh, they keep tabs or keep a journal of issues and then create policies as things go. Also, you know, depending on what payroll company you use, they also offer some of the basic uh, manuals That's or true. policies or procedures Use that as not your end-all, be-all. Use that as kind of like the baseline or a starting point. And I would reach out to them and ask them what documents they have that usually you already pay for when you're paying for your payroll services to see what kind of basics they have. That's a start. But you have to customize it to your organization. Now, I used the magic number of 15, Tim. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, It's, you know, when you have 15 employees or more, Uh, that's when rules start coming to play, right? So one of the things we didn't talk about this HR model is you have to think about both internal and external influences, right, when Mm -hmm. you're dealing with people. Internal environmental influences are basically your employees, leadership, the family, right? But when you're dealing with external environmental influences, that's the government, Mm-hmm. Right. That's the that. So that would be federal, state and local. Mm-hmm. And they have laws that you have to uh, abide by. And they're not the same either, no, which makes not, it more right? complicated as right. always. <laughs> so you want to make sure that you're following the rules. I always tell people, you know, you said, what's the timeline of developing it? Mm-hmm. You should develop these policies as qu- sooner than later. We'll use it. That, that makes sense. More importantly, you should adv- advise with your employment attorney and understand any changes of the laws that come into play for federal, state, and local Mm -hmm. to make sure that your policies and procedures are, one, compliant with the law, right? You can't just have something that's illegal. Yeah, of course, no. (laughs) So you want to make sure you're compliant. But, you know, more importantly, laws change. So at least once a year, you should be reviewing your policies and procedures and getting any updates of changes. No different than the tax law. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. And then making sure that you're educating whoever's in charge and then communicating it out to your workforce, the changes. That makes sense. So, Matt, how do we link this back to the strategic roadmap? Yeah. So another great question. So for the listeners who didn't really listen to the podcast on the strategic roadmap, we talked about, you know, mission, vision, and values, which Mm -hmm. we talked a little bit about today. And then how do you grow the business? How do you do operation efficiency and then the people development? Well, obviously, under the people development, if you're developing your people, you're bringing in talent, you're getting them ready to take over. The worst thing you can do is not have policies and procedures in place and then have somebody get promoted from, an, you know, we'll say an hourly uh, worker be on the, on the shop floor mm-hmm. to a supervisor. But then they don't understand. Right. They only know what they know. Yeah, yeah exactly. So then they're now managing and supervising people without understanding. Mm-hmm. Right. Makes sense. So you want to make sure that the people side of the strategic roadmap, part of that, when I go into organizations and I work with family owned businesses or tightly held businesses, the first thing I do is I ask them policies, procedures and what's your handbook look like. If they don't have those, that's how I start. So so under the bucket of people, when I'm going through that process of the strategic roadmap, this is where this falls in. Okay. Hey, that's brilliant. Hey, Matt, thank you so much for being here today. And thank you for listening to Generations and Family Business, Past, Present, and Future, as part of the Eisner Amper podcast series. If you have any questions or there's a topic you'd like us to cover, email us at contact at eisneramper.com. Visit EisnerAmper.com for more information on this and a host of other topics. We look forward to have you listen in on our next Eisner Amper podcast.